1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Teach Better Talk. I am Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the wonderful Jeff Gargus. <laughs> Thank you. Just so wonderful. wonderful. Yep. And uh, we really do have so much in store for this episode. I know we say that every time, and I truly mean it. We have an incredible educator that we get to talk to today and learn from. But before we get into that, Jeff, I always like to ask you how you're doing. So how are you?
0: I am absolutely fantastic, Ray. Episode 23. Super excited uh, to talk to another educator. It's been a blast. The first 22 episodes have been amazing. Now we're on episode 23, and we've got the phenomenal Brianna Hodges. And Bree has been spending more than a decade um, in classrooms, boardrooms, schoolhouses, and even state houses, champion for change in education. Um, she's been directly responsible for actualizing one-to-one district-wide uh, K-12 um, technology. She's um, really done some really transformative implementation through her coaching that she does she serves as the coordinator of educational technology and innovation innovative instruction for and i want to make sure i say this right you can correct me if i'm wrong Brandon. is it eans good job innovative school district which is in austin texas Um, And she's also a national advisor for Future Ready Instructional Coaches, which is really, really cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, She's been recognized as as Education Dives K-12 Administrator to Watch in 2018. And she was the Texas Ed Tech of the Year uh, in 2017. So a lot of of awesome stuff that we can talk about, a lot of experience that we are going to try and dive inside your brain and pick out today, uh, Bree. So thank you so much for taking some time and chatting with us. How are you feeling?
2: Wow, I I am honored to be here. Um, thank you guys so much for for having me on board and um and just getting to learn from you guys as well. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Uh, you know, love being able to to talk about the great work that um educators are doing all across both the state of Texas and, and the nation. And so just thrilled to uh to kind of learn from you guys as well.
1: Now, I know Jeff gave you a pretty good bio. I mean, like he had a lot of details in there. But when we go down to really what you view yourself as doing, when somebody up on the street says, hey, what do you do? What is your typical answer?
2: So my favorite thing that I like to say is I get to learn all day long, um, which uh, for some people can kind of be like, oh, re- boo, you know, that doesn't sound very much fun. But I think that one of the the biggest parts of of, um, of what I get to do is to recognize that we learn um, at every age and stage that we're at. Uh, it really doesn't matter if you're five years old, if you're 55 years old, or if you're 105 years old. Um, we're, we're natural-born learners, and we're super curious about the world that's around us, and um, I think that one of the things that, that I love most about my job is that I get to find ways to tap into that um, excitement and that energy and that engagement and really kind of keep that curiosity moving forward um, for both um, students when they're in the classroom, you know, learning from the amazing teachers that that are working so hard for them every day, um, as well as, uh, you know, working with our, our taller versions, our, our adults, our um, educators and teachers and administrators and um, community members and parents and, and legislators and all of that of just what does that look like? Like, why do we want to um, you know, keep peeling back the layers of, of the world that's all around us and, and how do we utilize these tools that, um, that we have at our fingertips as well as that we're creating every day in order to, um, to really just better understand the world that we live in.
0: Oh, I love it. And I love that you mentioned that we're natural born. When you, when you said natural born learners and we're curious, I just, I started thinking about my son. He just turned seven, but he's been in this like what if stage for a long time of what if I did this or what if this happened or what if this happened would that be cool what would that be? and I just love it so I see this curiosity but then I also on the flip side just like you said like we we I have the honor we get to work with teachers all over the country and do some really cool things and you see that same level from teachers whether it's their first year second year or their twenty fifth year on how can I be better what can I do what can I change this what happens if I do this I just it's such a cool thing I'm really glad that you do that I'm I'm right there with you it's a, it's a really it's a lot of fun to be able to watch that at such different levels of, of age and experience, and still see that same curiosity and <clears throat> and sort of always continuing to to grow and learn. So really cool. Um, I want to dive in a little bit. So uh, lots of lots of different things that you've done, lots of different experiences, bunch of different uh, positions that you've you've held and titles and roles. Um, I'm sure there's been a lot of Crazy experiences and stuff, and really good learning uh, lessons that you've learned. So I want to dive in that. Can you take us to a time that you've you've had a failure, um, and tell us about sort of what happened and how it made you feel, and then how you overcame that failure, and then what you learned from it?
2: Mm-hmm. There are so many to pick from. Um, you know, I, I could. Oh, I gotta kind of pause for a second and think through um what would be one that that is is appropriate to share um so I taught middle school, so there's lots of choices there as far as like <laughs> what how, when things have failed and and whatnot um so so I can definitely uh pull from many experiences there um uh one that jumps to mind was um you know an opportunity where um I had my students i taught english and um and so we had been working through um you know how do we utilize ethos, pathos, and logos to um, to better understand you know um, persuasive thought and 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 um, communicating and things like that. And so my students had created um, commercials, if you will, of uh, of the information that they had been processing through. And so they had uploaded those um, to. YouTube and they were supposed to be sending them, um, as a link to, to me. So then that way we could share them, um, and and kind of, you know, have a brief little viewing party, um, as everybody was you know kind of wrapping up and, and see where these um these videos were were really tapping into opportunity of of demonstration of knowledge for my kids and um don't know if you know this but if uh, if you send a direct link through YouTube um you it'll take you directly to that link and you don't have to if you're not searching for it or whatever it'll open it without an ad but if you don't send a link um and you have to go into YouTube and search for it then typically an a, ad will launch before it plays that um before it plays that video. And so um, you know, I had walked through again, I I taught middle school and so uh, i taught eighth graders and and so we had talked about how you know this has to be appropriate, yada yada yada. And so um so this one kid who um let me back up by saying I had an I had 36 kids in this one class. It was a very large class and um in this particular class there were more boys than there were girls. And um, he sent me the, the link and, and I said, oh my gosh, okay, are you sure that this is, and he was like, yes, 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 I promise it's fine. And so I, I played it and um, what happened was I, I didn't get the chance to, uh, to, I had it projected before we could actually um, have it going. And while his video was fine, the ad that played ahead of time was a Victoria's Secrets push-up bra commercial. Yeah. Oh. Um, might be, you know, there's just that moment in time where you go, I'm getting fired today. Like this is going to be, <laughs> fantastic. how am I going to explain this? You know, and and um, and so we so <laughs> there's a lot of conversation over, um, you know, this unintended opportunity, but at the same time, this oh my gosh, this is why people are so afraid to utilize technology in their mm-hmm. classroom because something like this is going to happen, and uh, and you know, what do we do, and how do we get around this? And so um, you, know, you had to do a lot of like quick thinking to. To not, um, you know, just bury my head in the sand and, and totally freak out over it, and not like rip out the cord from the projector as it <laughs> was, uh, you know, as this was unfolding. But um, yeah, that was that was definitely one of those burned in your memory opportunities of, um, or just you know situations of how uh how you can have like everything all planned out and then the one thing that that you don't see coming at all um because you're just going off of what the kids have sent over to you and it's not even something that you can control like you can't you know you don't get to choose what ad gets played and mm-hmm. um and so so that was that's that's definitely one of the one of the ones that I can probably <laughs> uh say I will have always learned from um I I usually talk about that whenever um, I've been showing how do you get around, uh, you know, like what are great ways to, um, to strip out those ads from, um, from, you know, how do we protect ourselves against those whenever I'm working with teachers? Uh, Because that you never know, you never know when that's going to happen.
1: Bree, it's totally happened to the best of us. Okay. Everybody, everybody either has their own story or a story that their mentor has told them about how that's occurred. Mm -hmm. And then it's ingrained that fear in all teachers. So don't let it stop you for our listeners, but it's absolutely something to be cautious of.
2: Yeah, it's, that's exactly why you learn. You learn the tips and tricks, right? Like the quiet tubes and the pure flicks and all these different things that you can you know, pure tube that you can add in. So then that way um, you're, you're able to better control those situations for your students for sure.
0: All right. So now let's flip it around. Let's talk about a success that you've had, whether it was big or small. But tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that?
2: So I think one of the things that, um, was really, um, exciting for me. So I did one tour of duty with seventh graders. Um, typically I taught eighth graders, but I did one tour of duty with seventh grade and, and it was a bit of a challenge just because, um, it doesn't sound like a lot like seventh to eighth grade, but, but it really is like they change a lot in those and and in the, in those (laughs) few months between them. But, um, you know I wasn't one hundred percent sure how my um you know sense of humor and things like that was were gonna work with with kids um with seventh graders. and typically um at least my experience were my my eighth graders were definitely much more um, secure in kind of what their personality types were and what their interest points were, whereas um my seventh graders were were still kind of trying to figure that out, right and so um one of the things that I wanted to do with them was really give them an opportunity to tap into what, um, what their voice and what their opportunity to, um, contribute to the world was, was like. And, um, and so the thing that, that I asked them to do was, uh, I had them talk about their heartbreak. And so one of the things we were, we were looking at, um, you know, we were looking at writing and, and what does that mean? And and one of the things that happens a lot whenever you start talking with kids about writing is they, they are usually on one of two camps. They're either really excited about riding, or they hate it. Um, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And so, um, you know and it typically wraps around the i don't have anything worthwhile to say i don't know what to say and so i asked um i asked my kids to to write this heartbreak heartbreak moment and we were really discussing about um you know these social causes that are all around us and how do we um how do we deal with them and and what are ways that even as um 12 and 13 year olds they can impact that and uh, and so it was really um it was really impressive to me to, to watch them um, own into their own, their own learning. Like they started to look at what things were that were really passionate for them. Um, and th- when, they, when they looked into their social situations, it could be um, a heartbreak that they'd either caused for someone else or that had, ca- had been caused to them. And they had to really kind of deeply analyze that and um, you know, what was a way that they could change that to, um, to better the situation for kids Um, in the future. And so um, from that, one of the uh, first assignments was that they had to start, um, they started a blog. And so each child, um, each student got to um, create a blog. And, um, and there were several assignments all around that. And so one of them, it was really, really exciting. Um, I had it set up to where I received all of the comments, like I received notification of the comments, um, before the kids did just so that way, you know, as a extra precautionary step for um making sure that that you know the the people that that sometimes (laughs) tend you know the the different trolls and whatnot of the internet um we just didn't want to have any um of those issues and so i happened to see this one particular child our student was writing about um bullying and uh, and what she had seen and what she'd experienced and um, and what her plans were to help better that society or that social issue. And um, from her blog post, she started to get this series of touch points from Australia. And so um, as, a, as a kid in a teeny tiny little town in Texas, that was super, super exciting for her to see um, and start to get these comments from kids, her own age, um, you know, on the other side of the world that were saying, oh my gosh, I've had that same experience. It's mm. so nice to know that, um, that, that people out there are like me and that people out there see these situations. And I've looked for ways that I could make this better at my school. And now I'm seeing how you want to do that. And, um, <clears throat> Excuse me, it's given me a great opportunity to, um, you know, to to be motivated by that and to be inspired by that. And so um, I share that as a success because it was that moment to see these 12 and 13 year olds really, truly recognize what their um, what their lens of learning and what their lens of experience had to offer to the rest of the world. And it was so much more than, um, you know, this. Um, than a grade on a paper or, um, or a placement in in a class or, um, even a, you know, an achievement on a team. I mean, to, to really see that they could, um, could inspire people just through, the same learning that everybody else is doing in their classroom. There wasn't anything quote unquote uniquely special about it um, other than they just started to recognize the power of connection and the power of shared learning and shared experience um, when witnessed across the globe. And so um, it it really kind of lit a fire, not just in my, in my students, but also in, um, in our school for our teachers to see like, Oh my gosh, how did this happen? And um, you know, how can we do things like that? And, and we wanna, you know, provide opportunity for um, for our kids to have that same experience.
1: Hey guys, while we take a quick break, I wanna make sure that you are constantly thinking about how you are growing your network. We have a hashtag mastery chat every Thursday night at eight o'clock Eastern. It's a great way to pop on, answer a few questions and collaborate with teachers around the world. Hope you join us next Thursday you know, Bree, something I love about your stories so far is not only the incredible meaning that you've been able to take from your situations and how reflective you are, but also I am a middle school person at heart, wholeheartedly. I'm a sixth grade math teacher um, by day, right? Like that's our <laughs> that's our day job. And I love your reflection on specifically middle school because you're right that, that it's such a, it's a special age and there's so much, so much fun to be had. And so when I think about all the things that specifically middle school teachers, but also educators in general, are exploring, it's that ability to not only be respect, um, reflective but try new things because our our students are hungry for it. And I love that. I think there's so much promise and where education's going because of that. So I wanted to flip that then on you. What are you excited about right now? That's going on in education.
2: I think uh, it is kind of a continuation of that of like what um you know we've we've had this boom for the last several years you know over uh, over connected learning um and you know thanks to social media thanks to twitter thanks to um to youtube and and just this opportunity for educators to to reach out truly and um, and connect, you know, uh, give a shout out to, to my buddy, Jimmy Costas. He has this wonderful, amazing um, phrase that says to, uh, to, to connect the dots, you've got to collect the dots. And, and, you know, you've got to be able to, um, to, to collect all of these people into your network and, and uh, you know, to, to um, tap into everybody's wisdom. And so I think because of that, we're really starting to um, see a lot of these walls and a lot of these silos um, completely start to crumble. Over, um, oh, you know, we can't do that because we're a small school, or oh, we can't do that because we're not um, we're not big enough um, in in the in, in this quote unquote world um whether it's you know because awards haven't been seen or or um you know just recognition amongst people or um you know opportunities i think it's just so exciting to see um people really start to to have that connected um i think we're moving from connected learning into connected change which is is super super exciting to me to be able to um to really push uh push that 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 um, push that envelope even more. Um, I think that, you know, we, we had gone from this one situation where it was, it was just, you know, that celebration of who is doing it, and then they get all the accolades for it. And then they kind of build, you know, notoriety around their experience, to now, there truly is that success of of the room to where now, um, you know, you get enough people moving in the same direction. And that's, that's momentum. And that's change. And that's, that's where things are, are headed. And so um, I, I just, it really kind of geeks me out to understand like how quickly change can occur once you start to have that, that, um, that momentum through that connectivity um, occur.
1: And it's really important that we're continuing to encourage teachers to dabble with that, right? I mean, there's so many teachers that I have in my network that are already seeking change. They're already trying the innovative techniques. And they're they're kind of people, and Jeff, you're one of these people as well, who kind of run through the wall and then figure out how you got there later, right? That's something... Very early on in my career, getting to know Jeff, he was like, "This is just kind of the person I am," and I really love that, you know. So, but on the on the other side of that, how do we encourage our newer teachers to take those risks? Our newer teachers to dabble in in these new practices, and and you know, kind of allowing um, what they know is best for kids to to lead them in that direction. What type of advice can we give to our new teachers?
2: I think, um, I think first and foremost, it's, you know, don't forget that, that you're learning as well as your students. Um, And I think that, um, you know, what I mean by that is um, just like we as adults don't feel like we have our scene completely under control all the time. Like we, we need to know that that's the same thing for our students. And so, um, so often we get trapped into this idea of there has to be only one right way. Um, I think that that's one of the things that's, that's, you know, uniquely ingrained in teachers. We're really good at getting the right answer and, um, and getting that score, that perfect score on the rubric and doing it the quote unquote right way. Um, that, that, that sometimes trips us up and and keeps us from wanting to do, um, something that might not necessarily be completely quote unquote thought out. Um, And, and, but that oftentimes is where the most, um, the most opportunity for, for learning is, um, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is are we in the business of learning in school? Are we in the business of proving what we're already supposed to quote unquote know? Um, you know, I think so often we walk in and we start doing, um, assessments based off of, uh, what is, what has been, so what has been taught or quote unquote learned already, as opposed to, um, our kids should be given this chance to truly learn something. And if all we're doing is asking them to very quickly regurgitate information that um, is supposed to be at their fingertips, then that's not actually learning. You know, um, I talk about the idea of, are we after the process of learning? or Are we after the product of learning? And, and typically, we end up, you know, if you look at, like, Science, for example, which is what is typically our most hands-on learning—you know, hands-on content for learning—and um, and we say that because we get to do these experiments and and um, and these lab opportunities. But you know, are we really after? Uh, are we really allowing the opportunity for true experiment and experiential learning happening? Um, you know, oftentimes it's, instead it's, it's a lab procedure and we're basically handed a recipe and then asked to duplicate that recipe. And, you know, one of the reasons why sciences is, is so, Um, influential in, in, in making those connections and in learning, like why labs and hands-on experiments are so important is because of that kind of surprise factor, if you will, like if you go in there and you experiment and you create this hypothesis it really is, you know, it's most impactful whenever it is something that you're like, Shazam, that just happened. <laughs> Let's learn about this, you know, but if instead you are just testing out this recipe, like I, I, I don't want to mix up a batch of cookies and then put it in the oven and go, yep, those were chocolate chip cookies. Like that, I didn't learn anything other than, yes, I followed a recipe. Whereas, you know, if if a kid puts in the, the cookies and Shazam brownies came out, that's not a all what I was expecting like that's where that's where the chance to really like dig in and learn is and so um you know if if I'm a brand new teacher it's that 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 thing that I would just continue to encourage our teachers um you know regardless of age is to do is just don't forget what learning feels and looks like Um, don't forget, you know, that excitement that comes from why do I need to know this? Um, That's not that's not a snarkyism. that's a, um, give me the relevance to it, explain it to me on why I need to know this and, um, and tell me why it's out there in the real world that I that I need to. And as soon as you do that, my experience has always been that kids immediately are like, Okay, great. That's why I needed, you know, I'm in. But, um, you know, we have to kind of, keep ourselves in check on that. Um, And it's really easy to get overwhelmed and say, all the things are coming at me all at one time. But um, if you really, you know, learning is best done when you have a deeper relationship with those kids. And so finding an opportunity to um, to connect with them and to remember what it's like to learn um, and and to explore and to be curious and to create that that excited knowledge. Um, one of the things that I, I'm definitely notorious for saying is, hopefully, you are teaching the thing that you are the most passionate about. I was a middle school English teacher. I am ridiculously passionate about my my degree was in English literature. So give me Shakespeare, give me Harper Lee. Like I, I mean, I just I go completely crazy over it. And my goal was for my kids to feel that passion. And I want them to be excited about what that felt like for, for, you know, I, even if I, even if they absolutely have zero interest in English, I want them to want to learn more about it just because I am that excited about it.
0: No, that's powerful advice. I love that. Um, Sorry, I'm taking a second to digest a lot. That. that was awesome. Uh, so I'm gonna put you through a, a test now. So cool. we're, gonna, we're gonna that was that was great advice, but this is the true this is the true test right here. Ray will tell you that.'re uh, gonna true. do the, <laughs> we're gonna do the next six questions, but you only have fifteen seconds or less to answer each one.
2: okay. <laughs> are are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> we I, I feel really like I with, should stretch and like. You may if you need you take, take warm up. If, yep, if warm you need to take
0: a minute, go ahead. I'll pause The like
2: I need <laughs> I need some pregame music. Like, where's my <laughs> Elizabeth playlist? I mean, yeah, no. that's what we need. We I need like music. Uh, we need some we "Gonna Fly do. Now"
0: from Rocky. Exactly. Uh, and they're no. up the yes. steps. You no. gotta
2: have it. You gotta have as a, as a basketball coach, man. You gotta have like the ah, pregame. You can't awesome. just walk out cold and be like, <laughs> "All right, go perform. Let's do I, this."
0: I, I think the last several minutes were your pregame. I think you're ready All for right. this. Okay. I, okay. I, I have faith. I have faith. What is one ed tech tool that you cannot live without?
2: Okay, so I'm going to say my iPad, or I'm going to say my Apple Pencil.
0: Oh, I agree. I love my Apple Pencil. It's the best. I'm using it right now. <laughs> uh, what is a, what's a book that you're reading right now?
2: Rewiring Education by John Couch.
0: And who do we need to follow on Twitter today?
2: Mm, That is such a long list. I'm going <laughs> to say, um, oh geez. I'm going to say, uh, Carrie Gallagher.
0: And what's the best YouTube channel or website blog for educators?
2: So I don't think you can go wrong with TEDx, um, but yeah. I also am a super huge fan of Hello Sunshine. Um, and and I, I definitely think it's a, it's a great way both on YouTube and on, there's podcasts, there's YouTube channel um, and a website and Instagram. and It's all across social media, but it's a great way to look at lessons learned and how that impacts into our society.
0: Awesome. What is one daily, weekly or monthly routine that every teacher should get into?
2: Reflection. 100% reflection of of what has worked um, in your class for your students, for each one of your students, as well as what has worked for you and what you want to do differently.
0: Love it. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
2: Mm. Money is like closet space. You use what you have and you always wish you had more. Mm. Oh
1: my God. That is my favorite piece of advice. (laughs) Wow. Episode 20. What is this? 23? 23. That was the best advice.
2: So my dad's actually the one who gave that to me, gave it to me when I was 22 years old. I was trying to choose between jobs. And, um, and he told me that he told me that he said, do not ever look at money. And this is hilarious because my dad, my dad passed a few years ago, but my dad was like six, six, looked like the Marlboro man, had a massive handlebar mustache, you know, just quintessential Texas. And so to have him, you know, refer to like money is like closet space. You use what you have and you always wish you had more. I'm pretty sure my dad had like five pairs of jeans and, you know. (laughs) six shirts maybe <laughs> and so you know for, for that to be his his uh, analogy was was pretty funny but it's so true because that's a, and it you know you can sub in pretty much everything like time is like closet space like everything you know it's, it's this true. idea of we use we we breathe into the space like we expand into the space that's there okay. and then we always wish we had more we always wish that that it's never we're never um satiated by it so there you go
1: Incredible. Well, I have maybe the second most important question because that advice question was pretty good, but I have (laughs) the last one of the night and probably the most important for our listeners. We have been able to talk about so many things in this podcast, but there's so much more learning to be had. So how can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find your information and how can we keep this conversation going after this episode ends?
2: Well, um, on social media, it's really easy. I'm on the same on across all social media channels, which is at b.hodges.edu, and um, and my website is brianna.hodges.com. And I would absolutely love to stay connected with um, with you guys and and become connected with um, all the listeners out there. And, and just this, that's how we that's how we're going to change this world. Is we're going to do it together, a um, little bit by little bit.
0: I love it. And you guys know you can find all the links and resources and all the different things that we've talked about and mentioned in the episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those links. We'll make sure to connect you uh, to Bree so you can keep the conversation going. So those will be in the show notes, as always, over at teachbetter.com. So head over there for all that. Be sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really appreciate that as well. Bree, this has been an awesome episode um, and not just the amazing advice, just the entire thing. Love it. Um, Really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your your busy, busy schedule and hanging out with us and chatting with us, sharing your story and and the things that you've learned along your journey. So we really, really appreciate it a whole lot. Thank you.
2: Awesome. I can't say thank you enough to you guys. Um, This has been definitely the highlight of my my day. Um, It was a great way to start the week. So thank you so much for that. And um, I just thrilled and honored to, um, to be a part of this learning journey, um, with you guys. So thanks again.
0: Awesome. And with that, let's get out there and let's teach better. Awesome. Full and complete credit of the clip from Gonna Fly Now, the theme from Rocky, goes to Bill Conti, the original creator of that music.